What's up from Yiggityo? <laughs> Where are we right now? What what's happening? What is it from? It's from a show. It's from our show? No, it's from a show. Yiggityo. Yo Yiggityo. Yo Yiggityo. Okay. Haven't watched it. Maybe that's a lie. I don't know. <sighs> I feel like it was from our childhood and usually you're so good with this. Yo Yiggityo. No. Yiggity yo. I need to know because I might be making it up. Maybe this is like a woogity woogity woogity. I think you have like rocket power when they're like woogity woogity woogity. No. Yo, yiggity yo. Are you thinking of Family Guy? Giggity giggity. <laughs> no. What? What is this? I have no idea. Is this like a weird Mandela effect where like I swear this is something from my childhood? Okay, wait. Speaking of the Mandela effect. I need confirmation if anyone else was in this timeline with me because I swear I jumped. Did you watch Survivor when we were growing up? Yeah, of course. Okay. I can't remember what season. Season three, season five, whatever season where Boston Rob and then that other woman whose name I can't remember, they were dating on the show. Do you remember? Elizabeth? Is it Elizabeth? It was here. I guess I should confirm. Boston Rob. I don't know who Boston Rob is. Boston Rob and Amber. Oh, It was season eight of Survivor. Okay. They met on season eight. I can't believe you don't remember them. It was like such a big thing. Maybe it's bigger in my head because it was Boston Rob and I was from like the New England area. But I remember watching Survivor. It was such a big deal that Amber and Boston Rob were together and there was a lot of flirtation. They started dating. They like fell in love. There was some drama with like switching teams and and different things where like they were sometimes together, but then sometimes they had to be apart. Showmances is always a... Yes. Yeah. It was a big thing. And then he proposes to her at the reunion like finale show. She says no. It is the biggest drama of the internet. Fast forward however many years, 15 years, a few days ago, I'm scrolling on TikTok and I see Amber and Boston Rob. And it's a clip from an interview and they're talking about their lives together and their marriage and their kids. And I was like, what do you mean? She said no when he proposed. What is going on? This was like a huge drama, scandal, embarrassment of the internet moment. Turns out she didn't say no. I went and rewatched clips. She very much said yes. But in my mind, she said no. I very much remember her saying no and it being a big deal. Maybe you wanted her to say no? I don't know. Did you have a crush on Boston Rob? He was extremely good looking. (laughs) So maybe that was it. Maybe in my mind, I was like, replayed it and made her say no. I don't know. But they have kids now. Like they're happily married. Interesting. It was so shocking to me. I was like, what is this? Like, did he repropose? And then after the fact, they got... No. Apparently, it happened in the reunion or finale, whatever type of show that is. That happens at the end. I haven't watched Survivor in years, but maybe I should get back into it. The one where they announce the winner, the finale? The finale. Yes. Yeah. So wild, though. Also, hi. This is not Survivor. This is Two Girls, One Ghost. Two Girls, One Ghost. And we are your ghostesses. That is Corinne. Hello. I am Sabrina. This is the last encounters we will be recording separate. For a while. Yeah. During the duration of the tour, because... Now we'll be together to record our encounters. I know. Eee! I love how we're usually so in sync. And right now, I feel like we're exactly out of sync with our outfits because you're giving cottagecore fairy tale love. And I'm giving Gremlin, who's boxing up her entire apartment, to move. <laughs> so it's because you are literally doing those things. So you are boxing up your entire apartment. Well, you're a beautiful, perfect fairy tale queen right now, too. I feel like you're living your cottage core. You you look like what I picture other people to view Taylor Swift as, like in my mind when they're like, "Oh, she's the perfect fairy tale person." I feel like you, that's what you're giving right now. Thank you. I will admit, I've started wearing more dresses while living here, but <laughs> also at this very moment, I'm sweating. Like I worked out before this, so I quickly showered, and then I so I have to sit with. I wore a dress because I'm sitting with it completely up and like open. So I'm, I'm getting a good airflow. <laughs> you have to air out the crotch. 
<laughs> it's more just airing out the entire body. And I was like, this is better than no pants at all. Also, you guys, look at little tiny soot going down the stairs. Come here. This is her last recording with us. Oh, precious baby, which is it's such a successful story, though, that she got adopted. I feel like she got adopted so much faster than the pastas. I feel like you had a lot of time with the pastas. Did you not? I did. I had them for like almost four months. That was also during the pandemic. So I think it was harder. People were like it was hard. Like there were no adoption events and things. But I'm so excited because a phantom Alejandra is adopting. Yay, Alejandra. And do we know what Alejandra is naming our beloved Soot? Has it been confirmed? So she said she is thinking Onyx. Onyx. Oh, beautiful. She's a Perfect. Black little onyx. So I love cute. it. She's so cute. I love her. Not to be super dark and to pivot immediately to something kind of gross, but I flagged this email in our inbox a while ago and I want to read it to you. It's not an encounters, but it's it's quick and I thought it was interesting. It's gross. Yeah. Okay, so remember when I was like, I can't eat lamb because lamb tastes what I view, what I suspect humans to taste like? Uh Uh-huh. Well, we got an email about what humans do taste like. I have questions. Do they explain why they know this? Yes, they're not a cannibal. Okay, good. Okay, Rebecca, she, her. I was listening to your most recent episode. This was a while back. And you had a comment about lamb tasting like a human thing. And I work as a graduate assistant in an archive with other students with different education routes. One day, we got completely off topic, which resulted in an anthropology major telling us, did you know that Cool Ranch Doritos taste like burning humans? No, I did not know that. She then proceeded to explain that she had once worked in a morgue or something like that and noted that the burning smell was very similar to the smell of Cool Ranch Doritos. So don't worry, lambs do not taste like humans. But Cool Ranch Doritos do! Smell and taste are two very different things. It's so connected, though. Like, your senses are so connected. That's, like, why, like, when you taste some, if you have no sense of smell, like, you can't taste. Well, your taste changes, but yes. But interesting. Good thing I don't eat Doritos on a regular basis. Here's the thing. We don't want that to be truth, (laughs) the truth, but sounds like it is. I'm also nervous that that information is going to encourage people to want to try humans. Oh, I was thinking more like Doritos is going to try to sue us for (laughs) people not wanting to eat Cool Ranch Doritos. Well, if they sponsored us, then we wouldn't say shit like that. Uh, Also, here's the thing. If someone, if this is the comment that leads someone to be like, I'll finally taste human. It This is not on us. That isn't, that person was already very close. They were looking for an excuse to, to cannibalize. And that is, that's their problem. And law enforcement's, maybe it will become our problem, but I'm not taking any blame right here. We are not encouraging you. I was just trying to tell you guys that lamb apparently does not taste like humans. You can eat, so maybe you'll be able to eat lamb again. Mm, I don't know. I still, I still, maybe I just don't like it. Well, that's your choice. I have, oh, this is Encounters, by the way. Hi. Hello. Love you all. We read your stories because you email them to us and you're all spooky bitches. So I have a story if I can start, if I may. Please. Also, I've been watching a lot of SVU. So my brain is just like, anytime I see people or like a weird situation, I immediately go to like an SVU situation. And you might say, well, Sabrina, if that's the situation you're dealing with, then maybe perhaps you pause watching Special Victims Unit and maybe give yourself a break. It's hard because who doesn't want to watch Mariska Hargitay every single day? Yeah. I surely do. Well, and to that I say, well, Olivia Benson is my mommy. So... (laughs) I've never wanted something embroidered on a t-shirt more. We have to do that, (laughs) even if it's just for ourselves. Olivia Benson is my mommy. You have Olivia Benson and I have Mariska Hargitay. I feel like everyone says daddy like as like a sexual term, but like what about mommy? Mommy. Yeah. Olivia Benson is our mommy. And this is, (laughs) this is probably, I mean, she might take issue with this. Given that she was on SVO, she might wonder what our issues are here. But I like this. I like this. Oh, well, where do we start, Olivia Benson? <laughs> Oops. I'm banging things around. My microphone's That's flying. I made you Sorry. laugh so hard. You, you knocked your life around. I laughed so hard there was okay. no sound. I wheezed through that. 
<laughs> I often am a I'm a weezer of a laugher. Carl Weezer. Okay. I'm gonna take us from ha 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 to oh my god. <laughs> Are you ready? Okay, this is from our listener, Corinne, pronounced the same as Corinne. Oh. Not, thank you, because it is not spelled the same way. Hello. Welcome. Hi. It is called, An Entity Wanted Me Dead Before I Was Born. Mm, that's not a good way to come into the world. Already battling demons. Oh, and it's so spooks. Okay. Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. My name is Corinne, pronounced the same as Corinne. And while I do not have my own ghost stories... My, my gosh, I just got caught up in the same, like I almost said goose stories and then I got lost in gooses and geese and we need, okay. So you know how people think we are two girls, one goat. I feel like we need goat stories and goose stories. And then we just have a special where there's no ghost stories. It's only goats and goats, goats and geese. This is so good. We should do it. Two girls, one. And just like you guys can fill in the blank, a word that's similar to ghost, but nothing ghost related. And we'll do an encounters. Love it. I think it's so funny. It's our special. Two girls, one geese. Two girls, one goat. Two girls, one gynecologist. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Just whatever it may be. Scary, funny. Tell us. That's such a good idea. I love that so much. Okay. See, this is why like when you say things accidentally, gold is born from it. Yeah. Now we have goats and geese. (laughs) No one asked for it. Two girls, one gold. That's a good one, too. <laughs> Give us your gold. Don't tell us about it. Just send your <laughs> send it to Give our it PO to box. Us. Wow. Forget haunted objects and teeth. Give us your gold. Okay. So this is from Corinne. After hearing a couple of episodes, I knew I had to share my Ouija board story. This was about 33 years ago, 1990, when my mom found out she was pregnant with me. She was in the army, and right after finding out she was pregnant, she was transferred to Germany. She was no more than two months long and had not told anyone. Important note. After being there for about a week or two, her and her friend were hanging out in the rec hall, reading some books and chatting while another group on the other side of the hall were playing with a Ouija board. That is when things started to get weird, of course. So the group that was playing the Ouija board started talking about pregnancy and the women in the group were shouting about how there was no way they were pregnant. So someone turned to my mom and her friend who were across the room and asked, hey, are one of you guys pregnant? The board keeps saying, kill the baby. What? The F. That just made me just become concave because that is so scary and that makes me so concerned for all babies. Yes. Of course, that terrified my mom, but she denied it. And the group kept asking questions and asking the board why. It kept repeating these two phrases. Evil boy, kill the baby. Evil boy, kill the baby. My God, do we have like a Damien situation on our hands? Is this supposed to be a a possessed son of... Satan, the a Antichrist baby. coming in. Well, my mom was transferred back to the States about a month later. She told the doctor she did not want to know my gender until I was born and was greatly relieved when they handed me to her, a healthy baby girl. Mm. I've never messed with a Ouija board and don't plan to, but I love buying things with the Ouija planchette on it as a gigantic middle finger to whatever entity wanted me dead. Oh my God. This person is like the real life Harry Potter versus Voldemort. It's just like, I will wear the scar to taunt you. I will buy the planchette to remind you. I am the one who survived. You know what I like to think now is that that Corinne has some greater calling to defeat Zozo and Zozo knew. Why are you saying it twice? You better not say it a third time. Jesus Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> Suddenly I'm religious. I want to say it's so bad. Don't do it. I'm shocked you just freely. Normally we say like the Z word. Like we say something. We're like, oh, you know the one we're talking about. You know what? I'm not afraid of you, but I don't want you to come here. You and your like puff sleeve white dress in your beautiful little cottage just summoning demons. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Corinne. I've been waiting to talk to you. I'm going to pretend that that is directed at the other Corinne who wrote in this email. The other Corinne. <laughs> anyway, I like to imagine that Corinne, other Corinne, has this greater purpose and the Z word board demon 
knew of it and was like, let me see what I can do to insert myself before that happens. So spooky. That's one way to have a baby announcement, pregnancy announcement. Yeah. The Ouija board out, sir. Yeah. Something coming for your child. Well, Corinne, I'm glad you're not an evil baby. Maybe you are. I don't know. Are you evil? Is this Corinne trying to do like positive good press for themselves? (laughs) I I swear. swear. I've turned a new leaf. I've turned a new leaf. Oh my gosh, man. All the the people out there just thinking pregnancy is already tough enough. Well, guess what? Don't use a Ouija board because you might find out something's coming for you. Well, regardless, maybe don't use a Ouija board. Although... Corinne, I have, my interest has been piqued. I know. I'm feeling, I'm waffling. I'm waffling. For a minute, I was like, yes. waffles are delicious. And now, you know what else is delicious? The Appalachian Trail. And I feel like it's calling me again. I kind of want to go. I kind of like, I mentioned to to my brother in passing, I was like, wouldn't it be cool, you know, just like stepping away from society and doing it? And he was like, no. I was like, okay. Because I, I felt like he was probably the closest one to maybe doing it with me. I would say I would do I would do a little bit with you. I would do a little uh, Appalachian Appalachian um, adventure. Yeah, maybe a weekend one day. Yeah. Not the full two months. Trail. A weekend or a one day adventure. Which one do you want? <laughs> I'm waffling. I don't know. But waffles <laughs> are delicious. So we'll find out. Where did waffling come from? Okay, I need to stop. I'm sorry. I know that you've ghost stories, but where did waffling come from? Uh, donkey? I don't know. <laughs> Just immediately my mind goes to Shrek. I have no idea where the term waffling came from, but let's get a little lesson. I feel like we have like pre-show excitement and like we know that this is our last recording before we go. And so we're like jittery and excited and giddy and all that stuff. It's hard to focus. Oh, okay. The term may be derived from the Scots verb waff, to wave or fluctuate. To waffle, particularly in the US, can also denote indecision about particular subjects or changing one's mind frequently on a topic. Man, etymology is so interesting. This makes me want to say that instead of saying waffling, I feel like instead I should say, I must waff. I need to waff. I'm waffing right now. So sorry. I waffed. (laughs) It kind of smells like, uh, whoa, it feels like it smells. (laughs) It does. It sounds, it feels like a fart. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, oh, you waft. I waft. I prefer waffling. Well, because it's like, you know, it's wafting through the air. Stinky, stinky ghost stories. I have some for you now. I feel like suddenly I'm talking in riddles. Okay. This is (laughs) called Loyola grads and Italian grandmas. Like LMU? Sort of, but not really. But kind of. Okay. But no. Okay. Sister school. Yeah. A lot of people think that like Loyola Chicago and all the Loyolas are sister schools of Loyola Marymount University. Unfortunately, they're not. LME is just kind of like this standalone little college on a hill. Okay. But this person says, Hi, Corinne and Sabrina. I met you through your collab with Morbid and immediately felt connected to you both, like eerily connected. While you both attended Loyola in California, I was at Loyola Chicago. We are the same age. We went to college at the same time. We graduated the same year and we were born the same year. Our younger millennial spirits are clearly connected because I literally think things that you say before you say them. And I understand all of your references and pop culture memories more than any other podcasters or celebrities ever. What's yo you get a yo from? What's yo? Help us. Help us. Save us. Help us. Save us. Okay. Seriously, we've lost it today. We, we <laughs> might need help. Crushing on the little vampire. Holy crap. I was so into him. <laughs> Publicly declaring my love at first sleepover. Your early internet influences are identical to mine, and sometimes listening to you feels like I have two alternate versions of myself. I worked as an actor through college and after graduation in Denver and Chicago and always aspired to move to Boston, my favorite city in the U.S. I'm not joking when I say that you all came into my life via fate, except I would prefer not to experience alien abduction, and I don't really have a lady boner for Bigfoot. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no shame from me. We can't me. have everything in common. We need some diversity in us. Exactly. Friendship. Just like a sliver of, of differences. Okay. Even my cat lady life mirrors you both. I used to be very allergic and I couldn't be around cats. And then I fell in love with a shelter cat who needed feminism. <laughs> it's a long story. And now I have three <laughs> beautiful cats. I'm obsessed with felines, and whenever they hear Leia, they perk up, and one of them even comes in to investigate if she hears Leia, and I'm listening in a different room. 
So cute. Okay, so this is hope that my allergy, I could persevere. I can overcome yeah, it. Yeah, how did it go away? We need answers. Yeah, let me know. Shots? I'm afraid of needles. I know you are. Okay. So other than being bizarrely connected to you majestic ghostesses, I thought I would tell you about the time a medium saw my aunt and grandma beside me after they had both passed. My aunt Roseanne suddenly passed away when she was in her early 40s and I was about to start high school. She was one of the strong women who raised me and her death deeply impacted me. Her daughter, my cousin, was my best friend and she had her senior prom in the Chicago suburbs. As the prom approached, my cousin's grandmother, Rose, passed away, nearly seven years after her daughter had suddenly passed. While Rose wasn't my biological grandmother, we were also connected and she was a very powerful woman in my life for many years. We are traditional Italian Chicago dwellers, and she was your quintessential four-foot-tall, sassy, and salty Italian grandma. She was yelling at us all lovingly. I love her already. Yes. This reminds me of that Instagram account that we follow. It's like the pasta. The grandma? Yeah. Pasta grannies? Yes. (laughs) Yes, I love that account. She was yelling at us all lovingly when her meat marinara wasn't perfect or if she thought that we didn't eat enough. When I learned that she had passed, I traveled to Chicago immediately to support my cousin as she prepared for prom. I made sure she got her hair and makeup done. I zipped her into her dress. It was a very important moment for my cousin, and she had lived so many years without her mother, and now her grandma was gone too. About two months later, after I was back in Denver, Colorado, having a lunch with a friend I had made a few months prior, Kimberly, we were enjoying a blissful ahi tuna salad, and I realized our conversation had dulled a bit, and Kimberly seemed perturbed. I asked her if everything was okay, and that is when she disclosed to me that she was an empath and that she was having a, quote, medium moment, as she called them. Oh. She apologized, but she asked me if she could talk to me about the spirits that she was seeing beside me. I looked at her like a deer in the headlights, I'm sure, and said, all right, thinking I might soon be attacked by demons or something. This is my dream to be in the middle of a conversation <laughs> right? and someone be like, hey, I have to tell you about the people standing behind you. Please. Please. Kimberly said there was a short, feisty old woman just behind my <laughs> shoulder and she was stirring a pot of pasta sauce. She said she could smell marinara and uh-huh. hear her Italian Chicago accent telling me that her sauce would be finished soon. Then Kimberly furrowed her brow and said that there was another woman behind her, taller, younger, and she was thanking me for being there for the dance. Kimberly said she didn't quite know what that meant, and she shook her head, apologizing, almost like she didn't trust what she was seeing or hearing from the spiritual realm. Kimberly and I weren't that close, and she didn't know about my cousin. She didn't know I'd even taken a trip to Chicago months prior. We had never talked about my aunt or my cousin, so this was shocking, and it was very emotional for me to hear. I went from skeptic to believer in a heartbeat, and when she told me that she saw red roses, I started to cry. My aunt and her mother both went by the name Rose, and my cousin had gotten a rose tattooed on her shoulder the same week to honor them both. Anyways, that's how I learned that I was being watched and guarded by those in the world beyond. Thank you for all that you do. I've listened to you all during a cross-country move and some hard transitions in my life. I appreciate having friends in you both, and I will be a listener for life. See you on the other side. Frankie. Frankie, this is what a beautiful story. I almost forgot about my demon Ouija board one from before this because it's just like loss is so difficult Mm -hmm. and then you want signs. And I love that Frankie didn't really fully believe in the paranormal. And then after this experience, like instantly became a believer because how much more like do you need? I feel like you could have this woman she was at lunch with could have just said that the woman was stirring a pot of sauce and that would have been enough. Right. But the roses and the like dance the reference, woman, like everything, dance, everything. Yeah. How powerful is this friend too? Who's just like, I'm having a medium moment, like kind of waffling again as to whether she should say anything or not. Like, does she trust her own instinct? Is this something that she should bring up? And clearly it was a great thing that she did because yeah, this is, man, how incredible. I love that. I wonder if they're still friends. 
And if she continues to do readings for her. Right. Corinne, can you become a medium? Can you like just fully tap in and like be a medium now so that we can like talk to ghosts during our podcast? You know, it's funny that I was talking to, I don't even remember what I was even saying, but I went to dinner earlier this week with my friends, Allison and Sally. And there was another moment where we basically, Allison was like, your intuition is crazy right now. And then I was like, maybe I do need to just, I feel like I'm I'm on the brink. Things are happening. I like am knowing things more frequently that I shouldn't know. Like words and answers are popping into my head before someone says them. Me too. I just told you this the other week. Like this was happening to me. We're, there's something. Are we like leveling up? I think we are. I think we're about to just like, um, I think we've talked about it so much, the desire to open ourselves up that we've unintentionally done so. And probably it helps us. Good I mean, for I know us. we're not in the same. <laughs> Ready? To the video, we'll clap. Ready? Which, wait, you're looking the wrong way. I'll go both ways. I don't know which way. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like even though we're not, we're still talking. And I feel like there's some energy transference, even if we're over the phone or over computer. Oh, we don't stop talking. So so I don't think we need to be in the same room. Yeah, we literally have a podcast. (laughs) I don't think we need to be in the same room to kind of like vibe off of each other. And so I feel like a lot of the things I experience, you experience, you experience, I experience, and we're just unintentionally kind of drifting towards this openness after being closed off for so long. Yeah, we're finally six, six years, the year for us to tune in, tap in and Talk about geese. I don't know. <laughs> I think we both had a lot of like, I also think we we both, I'll speak for myself here, but I feel like we're both in more solid spots right now where it's like you are in this cottage that makes you feel so good and there's such great energy around you. I'm about to enter a home that I feel like has such great energy. I just feel like we've had a lot of decisions that have brought... Oh, by the way, Corinne. What? I stalked your thing on Canva about like your home design. The way that you like the, <laughs> with the white and the windows on top. My gosh. Oh, I feel like you have you. a full vision. Are you going to add windows to your attic? <laughs> Maybe. This is okay. So we have Canva. We have a Canva premium account. And I feel like I'm mastering Canva. And so I've taken pictures of mine and Brian's house and I'm like literally putting filters over. I'm trying out different paint colors for the outside, for the inside. I'm like adding trim places. I'm doing crown molding. I'm like, if we finished the attic, what would it look like? Would I do bump out windows? What does the window, what did the windows look like? What if I did this color trim? What if I did that? Bump out windows are beautiful. Yeah. So, I mean, not immediately. That could be like in 10 years, but I don't have money right now because we're just yeah. you're, you're out of money. You're house poor. You're house um, poor. Yeah. I can't even paint right now. So it's just, it's a dream board, but uh, maybe yeah. one day. Well, it's your home. So you have many years with it. Yeah. I mean, the house, I'm I'm curious. What are people's favorite exterior paint colors for a house? Because uh, I don't know. I, I'm curious about options. Asking for yourself. Asking for myself because I have to change the siding. So I guess I went scary this week. Ooh. Okay. Let us hear. This is from our listener, Trisha. Trisha. It is called Stalker Spirits and Watching My Friend Get Possessed. Oh, great. Oh. I feel like this should have been a, this feels like a perfect story for petty crimes too, which is like a stalker ghost. Well, I guess that's not very petty. That's a very serious crime. This ghost is, we're locking them up. We're giving them a 17 year sentence minimum. I like it. I'm on board. Olivia Benson is my mommy. She'll help us out. (laughs) Hi there, girls and ghouls. I've been listening to your podcast for a while now, and I absolutely love it. It is the only thing that upholds my sanity during long days at work. As someone who is obsessed with all things spooky and is somewhat sensitive to the paranormal as well, I have a couple of ghost stories of my own that include a creepy stalker ghost and watching my friend get possessed on a night gone wrong. I hope you girls enjoy these stories. I think we will. (laughs) We're going to start with the creepy stalker ghost. Okay. As I mentioned earlier, I have always been somewhat sensitive to the paranormal world. Ever since I was a kid, I was able to hear, see things that no one else could. Growing up in an Asian household, I also grew up with some weird superstitions, like how you're not supposed to leave your wet laundry outside your house overnight to dry, as that supposedly invites spirits to come live in your clothing. We should do a whole like superstition episode because I feel like that's super fascinating. Wait, yeah. 
100%. I'm going to add this to our, I'm going to write this down right now and then I'll add it to our thing after because I don't want to forget this idea. One of the superstitions was that if you hear someone asking for your name and you don't see anyone around, do not ever respond to a voice with your name or that spirit will start to follow you. That's kind of like doppelgangers. Like I feel like that makes sense. This was something that my mom always told me growing up, but did I ever listen? Absolutely not. (laughs) So when I was around six or seven years old, I would often play alone and talk to myself or I thought I was talking to myself. One day I was doing my usual thing, playing with my dolls, having random conversations with myself and my imaginary friend. That night I went to sleep as usual and around two or three in the morning, I woke up to someone whispering my name over and over again. Trisha, Trisha, Trisha. Terrified, I ran over to my babysitter and woke her up. I asked if she could hear the whispers and visibly annoyed, she told me to stop messing around and go back to bed. I looked over to see if my sister could be of any help, but she was dead asleep and snoring. Defeated, I crawled under my sheet and somehow managed to fall asleep. And when I woke up the next morning, the whispers were gone. Fast forward a couple weeks later, I was lying on my couch watching television late at night. Late at night, both of my parents and my sister were asleep in their rooms. And the way the couch was positioned was that I was facing their rooms. So if anyone were to come out of the rooms, I would be able to see them. That night, I was watching an episode of Sweet Life on Deck, and I felt a wet, cold pressure on my cheek, as though someone came up from behind me and gave me a kiss on the cheek. I knew for a fact that it wasn't anyone from my family because I would have been able to see them come out of their rooms. And it was definitely not some random stranger who was waltzing into my house because our front door was locked. I looked around, and I didn't see anyone, but that wet, slobberish sensation was still very much present on my cheek. Ooh, that's a long, juicy smacker that someone's giving you. Yeah. To this day, I have no idea if this was the same spirit who decided that 3 a.m. would be the perfect time to learn my name, or if maybe it's perhaps a guardian angel guarding me. Either way, spooky and absolutely not. Now, for the main attraction. I know how much you girlies enjoy a possession story, so here you go. (laughs) Asterisk Sabrina. Yeah, when I hear, I don't know what it is. I'm twisted, but like, I feel like a giddy little kid. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) you don't know how to smile properly because it's just so much joy. Back where I grew up, there was an old abandoned hospital that used to be used as a British military base from the World War and a holding unit for the Royal Air Force, as well as a holding camp for prisoners during the war. Needless to say, it had a notorious reputation for being one of the most haunted spots in Singapore. This also made it the perfect location for teenagers to visit during sleepovers. And my friends and I did just that. Great. I can't say that we wouldn't be tempted to do the same thing. Oh, we would. You and I wandering the halls of the Driscoll Hotel when we stayed there in Austin. I was just looking back at some of the pictures from there. And I found this video that I took of you and you're in your nightgown and we're in the hallway and you're just staring at your own reflection in the mirror And I don't know if I accidentally took the video, like in preparation of us doing something, because you were just staring for. You asked me to do that. Oh, did I? Well, I forgot about it, and now I greatly enjoyed it. I'm like, wow, that was so creepy. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah, you're welcome. So my friends and I had a resort booked not too far from the hospital, and we decided to take a walk to pay a visit to the hospital. When we got there, I immediately got chills and felt like we were being watched. Not to mention there were surveillance cameras all throughout the property, and if we got caught, it would probably cost us a hefty fine. The entire time we were there, I felt really uneasy and nauseous, and I just knew that we should not stick around. My friend, however, had a different idea. I'm going to call him Alex. Alex decided that this would be the perfect opportunity to scream at the top of his lungs that he was not afraid of ghosts, that he was alive and they weren't, And Alex taunted the spirits to give it their best shot at scaring him. Wow. Oh, Alex. (sighs) When nothing happened immediately, Alex laughed it off, taking this as a sign of victory for him. Count your seconds. At least until the sun went down. Exactly. There's always an Alex in the group, right? Always. And they always find out what's coming for them. And Alex is a uh, premature Rick. It is a Rick in utero. Well, uh, you think? I think so, because even the Rick... I mean, listen, hey, these are just placeholder names. We're using them based on this story and our Rick story from Dominus, episode 12. But like Rick dabbled in dark stuff. Yeah. 
The Rick story still freaks me out so much. I hate to think that there would be someone else who who could be at the beginnings of what that became. There's probably so many. I know. La 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 la. Only good things. Good vibes. As I'm about to tell you bad things. <laughs> Prepare your ears for uh, something terrifying. That night. We were at the resort with the rest of our friends, drinking and partying the night away. For context, it was a pretty big group of us. So we got three other rooms in different resorts, all within a short walking distance from one another. As we were all sitting around getting absolutely drunk out of our minds, Alex abruptly runs out of the resort and into the heavily forested area of the resort that gave all of us some heebie-jeebies just looking at it. And it was so out of character. And a couple of other guys at the resort decided to go after him in case he ended up getting hurt. When they finally caught up with Alex, they immediately knew something was wrong. Mm. Alex was yelling at what seemed like thin air, almost challenging whatever or whoever he was talking to, to give it their best shot. And this is when things got really, really weird. Immediately after Alex challenged whatever it was, he fell to the ground, almost like he was in a trance, holding his head and mumbling under his breath. When he finally stood up, he started speaking in a voice and a language that did not belong to him. It's like your dad, Sabrina. It is like my dad. And he is quite possibly crystallizing into a Rick. (laughs) (laughs) So then Alex takes off to the other resort just down the road. When we finally caught him, it was almost like nothing happened at all. He was back to being himself and was visibly confused as to how he got to this other resort. He had no memory of getting there. That this is the freakiest part of the whole thing. I hate when people lose time, when they lose memory, when it's just vacant. That's because it's also so discombobulating and probably so traumatic for the person experiencing it. Right. But at least he had other people around him to tell him what happened. Not that it necessarily makes it better, but like I think of that story we read in 196, Encounters 196, where our listener was at the gas station in the middle of the day. And then next thing they knew, they were waking up naked in their bed. Right. Or the one, there was one that we read years ago where someone was, they lost like two hours of time while working in the movie theater. And remember the boss was like, you were just like walking down the hall, staring staring at people creepily and like- In a trance. Just staring at the walls, disappearing into theaters for a long period of time. So weird. So creepy. Thankfully, the night after this went on as usual and it seemed like everything went back to normal, except for the fact that everyone who decided to take a walk to the hospital that day all woke up at 3 a.m. on the dot, not just that night, but every night consecutively for a week straight, myself included. Red flag, red flag, red flag, red flag. I'm raising 10 of them. (laughs) This is so It's riddled with red flags. (gasps) Oh, the whole week. Trisha said, I'm not kidding. I slept with a Bible under my pillow for the next month or so because I was that freaked out. This feels like a paranormal version of Final Destination, doesn't it? Where it's like they keep waking up like they something's coming for them. Ooh, that should exist. Let's write it. We should TM. TM. (laughs) Nose ghost and TM. Nose ghost. Nose ghost for us. You're writing it. (laughs) I don't know why I did this. I'm picking it up. I'm flicking it over to you. Got it. (laughs) Wow, he flicked it so hard. Thanks for reading my stories. Love, Trisha. (laughs) Trisha, I mean, I don't know what to say. This is horrifying. (laughs) I do want to know more. We should do an episode on this hospital because clearly... Super haunted. It's haunted and... Probably very well documented if it was a, it's such a historical building. I wonder how many people go in there taunting And never the come out. Oh. <laughs> no, just like with the attitude of like, what's in here? What am I going to find out? And like, how many people have similar experiences? Because this is clearly a very powerful energy, a very powerful entity for it to not only basically possess an entire person for a period of time, but to follow a whole group separately to their own homes for a full week. You know, like it it had, it tethered itself to them for some time. It's got its tentacles inside of them. Yes. Yeah, the way everyone waking up at 3 a.m. exactly for a week straight is like, I don't know, it's, it's freaky. It is freaky. Okay, 
I have one to end us on, and it is called I Think I Was Abducted. So where, when, tell me how. Where, when, how, why. What will you do if I get abducted on the road? Live stream it. (laughs) Content. (laughs) Views. No, I mean, like, what do you do with the shows? I get a wig that is darker, and I play both me and you. I turned every show into a CE5 event where we're all just trying to get the aliens to come to s- drop you back off. To bring me back. Oh, to that's bring you back. Fun. And then instead, everyone gets abducted. <laughs> what if What if we do bring you back and then you're really mad at us? And you're like, it was the best place ever. I would be mad. And then you quit the podcast because you're so mad at us. <laughs> that would be the I worst. I promise you, Corinne, this is my vow to you legally right now. Um, I will not quit the podcast. If you bring me back from the aliens. Great. Thank you. What if you decide you want to live there, though? And then we have to figure out a way that we <laughs> we had to record if you're that many light years away. I'm like, OK, well, I'll, I'll say my line. And then 10 years later, when you get the message in your galaxy, you can respond. And then I'll wait 10 years later. I'll, I'll, we'll work something out. I'll have the aliens like drop, drop me off. Like I'll take a, a carpool shuttle. Once a week yeah. field trip to Massachusetts. Yeah. Great. Yeah. My neighbors will love me. (laughs) Do you mind? uh, We will have a spacecraft landing every uh, Wednesday. Strangely, they do come at 3.30 a.m. Yeah. Mm. They need your backyard. So (laughs) thanks. Don't mind the long, lanky humans walking through the yard at night. Everyone (laughs) turn off your security system. It will go a little bit wonky if you don't. They don't allow you to record. Um, They will break your Simply Safe if you try to catch it. (laughs) I just ordered a Simply Safe, actually. <laughs> Don't break my Simply Safe aliens. Okay. I think I was abducted by aliens, and this was sent in from Q. Greetings, ghostesses, with the mostest. I just wanted to Greetings. say thank you. <laughs> Great thanks. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello, pop it. (laughs) Oh my God, uh, chaos in our brains. I wanted to say thank you for holding a space to share these spooky stories because let me tell you, I have many. This one is about a possible abduction and I say possible because I'm 80% sure it happened, but I'm leaving room for doubt. So the possible abduction, it occurred in the summer when I was about seven or eight years old. Now my family and I lived in the middle of nowhere, Tennessee. We were 30 minutes from any grocery store and a mile from any of our neighbors. At night, it was pitch black darkness and the stars, the moon, the Milky Way were the only things you could use for light if you were, unfortunately, without a flashlight. We lived next to some busy train tracks and I'm pretty sure the house we lived in was haunted, but that's a different story. Now on to this early summer night. I guess my father and I decided to look at the moon or something. Our porch had a railing. That was about three feet high. And if you carefully climbed on it, you could climb onto the roof of our double wide trailer. This is exactly what we did. I don't remember how long we were up there before we suddenly were surrounded by an extremely bright light. It lit up our entire trailer in the area around it. It looked like it was midday, except the light wasn't warm. It was still slightly chilly since it was nighttime. The next thing I remember, I was inside with my dad and my mom was saying that we, quote, sounded like an army running across the roof so many times. Even though I was sure we stayed in the center of that roof the entire time. Later, when I asked my dad what the light was, he responded that, quote, it was a landing light of an airplane that was landing nearby. Please note, we lived nowhere near an airport and I didn't hear any airplanes prior to this light. Years later, I noticed a two inch scar on my inner thigh, which in my opinion is a very difficult place to cut yourself from falling or from being a stupid clumsy kid. Now, now I've had this scar for as long as I can remember, but this time I noticed two things. One, it was a straight line. In fact, it looked like an incision. Two, Based on the thickness of the scar, around a quarter to a third of an inch thick, it was a very deep cut. Neither of my parents know where the scar came from, which is strange because I definitely got it as a child. And if the cut was deep or near an artery, my parents should have known about this, right? Cut to today. I have been on this spiritual healing journey that has me confronting a lot of things that have happened in my childhood, including this. Recently, I've started to have dreams where in my periphery, I see humanoid shapes with large heads and eyes. And I keep saying in my dream, it's the aliens behind this. They're doing something to my perception. And then I wake up 
It's 2 a.m. I'm scared to open my eyes because I know that something with a large head is watching me from my doorway. When I explained my story to my roommate, who is the first person who would 100% believe it's an alien abduction, my left ear started loudly ringing and a deep, unsettled feeling came over me as if something was warning me to be quiet. Okay, where's the money? Where's the You gotta pay me some hush money. That's it. Later that night, when I was listening to a story, my phone crashed right after the phrase, she knew she was not alone in her bedroom. And then I started (laughs) seeing this humanoid shape in my periphery, but I wasn't dreaming this time. Out loud, I said, I'm not emotionally ready to know you or what happened. And then they disappeared along with the unsettling feeling. Whoa. I've also had many lucid dreams where I'm myself, but I'm a blue alien or in this blue alien body floating in a tank that's on a ship somewhere. I can feel the liquid of the tank and the lines attached to my body. It's like Avatar, you know, when they're like creating the avatars. Whoa. It's so vivid that I can still picture it when I close my eyes, including the younger blue aliens that curiously stared into my tank and the other tanks around me. I stopped having these dreams after I watched the ship crash and feeling myself disconnect and leave that body. I'm not (gasps) sure what's going on, but I have a feeling that I will have the answer to this mystery before I pass from this life. I will keep you updated if anything else occurs. On to something else spooky. As I type this, I just finished Encounters 151, specifically the story involving demonic possessions of an apostolic Pentecostal woman. I grew up as an apostolic Pentecostal. Oh my God, what a tongue twister. However... Mine functioned more like a cult, but I'll type that up in another email since this one's already quite long. Thank you for everything you do. See you on the other side. Thank you. Q. Q. Well, you clearly have a lot of encounters, so please do send them to us. But first question, did Q's dad lose time too? Because they both were on the roof and the next thing they're inside. Either... Q's dad knows what happened, which is like, I guess the absence of knowing, probably knowing that something weird happened or that there was some alien situation and was just trying to prevent Q from being scared and was like, oh, it's a plane, you know, like they're young enough. They might believe me. It's a plane. Or Q's dad was basically wiped of his memory, brainwashed and implanted with a new memory of feeling like it was a plane overhead. I almost feel like they took Q and they harvested a part of Q's soul and put Q inside a blue alien. And and then the reason that Q has not had these dreams or these visions anymore is because the the spaceship crashed. Maybe they're all floating in space now. What if the small part taken from Q's leg was like a DNA extraction to combine Q with another alien species out there? And that's why Another version of Q. It's similar how to, like when people have organ transplants, they have yeah, and they memory that comes be a with, part of it. Yeah, so I wonder if there's something like that where it's like somehow there's this universal consciousness associated with Q's DNA, where no matter where a part of Q is, Q feels it and remembers it and actively has consciousness there. I don't know. This is real conspiracy theory, ah. but I'll never say no to anything, baby. Yeah. I, it doesn't sound negative. I mean, it sounds like Q has a connection to the aliens that they want to nurture and and like enrich and develop further, but Q's not quite ready yet. So they're just kind of lingering out. What? Oh, ah, are you okay? I just started to rub my eye. My eyelid flipped inside out. That was the worst feeling I've ever Oh, God. I'm okay. I'm alive. (sighs) Anyway, what I was going to say was I hate the imagery of... Okay, so Q's mom was like, it sounded like you guys were running around on the roof. Like there was a lot of footsteps running back and forth, which to me means that when the aliens came to abduct Q... Yeah, reindeer. When Q and their father were on the roof and the aliens came to abduct them, they did not go quickly or peacefully, they were terrified and they were running on the roof trying to get away. That's what it means to me. Just like scattering and scampering across the roof trying to escape from this thing before being abducted. And then silence. So then the mom was like, oh, I wonder what's happening. And then two minutes later, they come inside because the alien abduction, we don't know what time is and how they, how quickly they move and 
what it's like inside the spacecraft, where they went. So no time passed for the mom where she was just like, oh, that was weird. You guys were scampering across up there. So loud, so noisy. And then, but also where did the mom not see a big flash of light? Q, you need to talk to your parents again. I'm okay. I, I, I'm with you with the scary theory here. I also just imagine if there's multiple alien species on the roof, they're like coming to get Q and Q's dad. It might sound like people are like running and scampering around the roof, but it could just be multiple alien. Oh, alien feet. I joined that OnlyFans. Oh, that just like hurt my chest. Are you okay? I think I'm dying. My body is coming apart. Maybe I'm alien. They're like, stop talking about it. We're going to flip your your eyelid inside out and give you stabbing your pain in your chest. Organs. Man. All your organs are flipping. I know. I think it's because I worked out too hard. And so I'm sore. I do have a friend who was born with all of her organs on the opposite side. L'Oreal. Um, we have a friend whose mom was like that too. And my own father's uh, intestines are swapped, mirrored. Oh. It's all funky in there. Well, it's already all funky in there and in here. Ew, I hate intestines. There's nothing I hate more. Oh, we need to leave. I'm going to faint. <laughs> okay, goodbye. Oh, okay. my God. It's so gross. We love you all. Um, Sorry if we freaked you out. Sorry if we annoyed you because we talked a lot today. Actually, I don't give a shit. <laughs> Fuck around and find out. We're in our, yeah, what is what it? We're doing. A little shit era's. Yeah, I'm ass over tea kettle today, you guys. <laughs> There's no cow on the ice. There are 2,000 cows on the ice today, you guys. <laughs> They're all in my brain. If you have any ghost stories, if you have any geese, gold, <laughs> goats, you heard our call to action. Basically, we're going to do two girls, one, whatever is not ghost, but similar to maybe sounds like, I don't know. Send us those stories and we'll do a little special encounters. And then if you do have paranormal stories, please email those to us as well. Two girls, one ghost podcast at gmail.com. Great. There's also a bug that just decided to, where is it from? I, I don't know, but it's eyes. Cause I thought for a second strange. it was coming. What are you? <gasps> Alien? Is that you? I don't know. They came from you? My house is now infested with bugs <laughs> and they're crawling across the screen. And thank you all for being here. We appreciate you. Come to our live show. Uh, thank you to our team. And we will be concerned about Corinne for a while, but we love you all. We will see you on the other side. Bye.